You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 7 ESPN, we can wager. Um, I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN uh, because he oversees all our digital uh, and, uh, and social media and, and all our pretty much all our content. David, good evening. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Anita? I'm great. Um, I had San Diego State and Miami with the points. Um, I, what, I have Texas minus four. Looks like that's going to cover. I've got Creighton minus nine and a half. Looks like that's going to cover. So I'm having a good night. I've got the Lakers and the uh, Thunder over. Looks like that's going to cover. So I'm having a good night. Good. What a crazy tournament. And, yeah, I still have a lot of stuff out there. I had Miami tonight. I have Creighton as well. Uh, what a crazy tournament. No one seeds left, potentially no two seeds, depending on Texas. And um, that Gonzaga-UConn game tomorrow night might just be the quote-unquote national title game. Two best teams left, depending on Texas, of course. Um, but, I mean, Miami's good. And what's crazy about this tournament is anybody can win it. And, like, they legitimately, you know, you always have a Cinderella. With St. Peter's last year, and you had plenty of Cinderella's, but, like, Anybody can win this. Like, it wouldn't stun anybody to see FAU win this thing, and no one other than me and you had heard of them before this week. Um, but what a crazy tournament. What a crazy, crazy tournament. It has been. Um, I've had Jimmy Patsos on, on my program the last two weeks. I've, I had Tobin Anderson on my program the last few weeks. And I asked them both, like, you know, the parody this year, um, you know, is, it, it, is, is a lot of it due to the transfer portal and and they both said yes not only the transfer portal but also covid when covid happened um and and a lot of these guys didn't play so uh, they're they're one year older than they would have been in regard to the tenure of truly spending the time that they need to, to develop in in the nba so now we're seeing a lot of older players um than normal so a lot more maturity and um, fifth-year seniors, and, and again, the transfer portal. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious if this lasts into next year and the year following. I don't believe it will, but I love this. I love the parody. I love that, we, that there's not chalk heading into the, the Elite Eight. I think it's actually not only the two things you mentioned. I do agree that the transfer portal has, has, has changed Football, basketball, it's changing all, as you've seen. Uh, the extra year, the, the COVID year, you said people are older, but I think there's a couple of other factors as well. The, the one-and-done rule or the no-and-done rule is back with players can go straight to the NBA, you know, for a while that was put on hold. Um, and NIL, let's not minimize the factor of NIL. I'm not calling any team out or, um, or anything more than what I know – there were a couple ACC coaches that called Miami out for, for their spending. But at the end of the day, the, the, that's now legal. And the University of Miami turned a program overnight. And, you know, this is their second straight Elite Eight. Credit to them for getting it done. They have a you know, great program that, that, that Mr. Laranega has down there. But teams can't, weren't able to be built overnight like you can now. Back in the day, you had programs that were building and building and building and Duke was a factory and Kansas was a factory. And now, you know, players are staying for one year and leaving, which has killed Kentucky over the last five or six years. And you can literally build a team through the transfer portal, through NIL and everything else. And what you're seeing is teams come out of nowhere that, I mean, that are good. 
and you can pretty much build your own team, which you couldn't necessarily do in the past due to, you know, limited scholarships when you had a whole bunch of players and, and having the same guys and more consistency. Coaches are moving, players are moving. So we saw this all season long, record number of one and two teams in the country losing every single week. And, and now you're looking at a Final Four and Elite Eight with zero one-seeds, uh, potentially only one two-seed, and a whole bunch of – we're not talking like 14 and 15 seeds other than Princeton. You're talking a lot of five-seeds, six-seeds, and nine-seeds that are doing well, and it's parity, and I think it's actually here to stay. I don't think you're going to see dynasties being built or teams making five consecutive Final Fours or winning three titles in four years. Um, I, I think parity is here to stay in, in, in men's basketball. Again, David Berman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, before we start talking golf, just looking forward to tomorrow, the Elite Eight, um, FAU going up against Kansas State. Kansas State is favored by two. Uh, full disclosure, I have not done um, any deep dive into these, uh, unfortunately, today. Um, but just looking you know, at, at these lines right now and, and what we've seen Kansas State do and, and, and the remarkable, um, like, just how they're playing basketball. And, and they're just – they're so fun to watch. Um, I would lean towards Kansas State and laying the points. UConn going up against Gonzaga, this is a tough one. Um, I think UConn has just been unbelievable. So uh, I would I would lay the two with UConn. Wisconsin, uh, well, that's that's the NIT. We don't we don't have the other ones yet, obviously, because they're they're not complete. But um, but right now, uh, based on the uh, the two games that are that are on the board, uh, that's how I would I would lean. I would lean towards Kansas State and UConn laying the two. Obviously, the odds makers feel that uh, these games are going to be uber competitive, considering we're only talking about a two point spread in each, right? Yeah, and, and I could see either team winning the Kansas State FAU game. Uh, full transparency, I have Kansas State in the Final Four in one of my brackets. I actually went and did that. Uh, I saw them play a couple of times this year. They're a really, really good program. Uh, Keontae Johnson, former Florida Gator, before he you know, uh, collapsed on the court and then, then transferred. You talk about the transfer portal, Kansas State, a team built overnight, including uh, you know all-world did Keontae Johnson, and that's a really, really good team. And um, I thought they would go far in the tournament, and here they are in the Elite Eight. Um, and they're playing an FAU team that, that I've seen a couple that, that that beat Florida this year. Both these teams beat Florida. So I've watched both these teams a couple of times, and FAU is a really, really good team. And, you know, just as far as they go, I could see them winning another one. I, I don't think they'll win the national title, but um, I, I would leave Kansas State. It's only one and a half. I think they're the deeper, better team. Uh, as far as the UConn-Gonzaga game, I mean, these two teams are really, really good. And, I mean, UConn, might, might be the best team in the country. And, and I know they were a top-ten team earlier and then went on a bad losing streak in February. They have a really good guard and center combination where they're big inside with two really, really big guys, and they're really good guards outside shooting. So they have a team that's built to win the national title. So I think this is a really good UConn team. And, you know, it's funny. We always talk about Gonzaga. You know, one year they went undefeated into the national title game, and then another year they made the national title game and Final Fours. And can Gonzaga do it? Can Gonzaga do it? Wouldn't it be funny if the year they actually do it is the year nobody expected them to do it, that they didn't even get the one seed in their conference tournament, and they lost more times than they've ever lost in the last decade, a three seed, which is the lowest seed they've had in five years, and watch them go win the whole thing in this craziness of this tournament. 
It's uh, it's it's been it's been this is why they call it March Madness because it has been maddening. Um, all right, really quick, let's talk about the Dell Technologies uh, bracket challenge in the match play in regards to the PGA Tour, and I love that they have this tournament around the same time of uh, of March Madness because uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a bracket challenge and it is match play. So where we stand right now. Uh, here are the golfers that are still alive. You got uh, Billy Ho, Billy Horschel going up against Cam Young. Um, you've got uh, Kitayama who upset Tony Finau. I had Tony Finau coming out of this this bracket. Unfortunately, that did not bode well for me. Putnam, uh, Shoffley against um, JJ Spawn, Herbert and Rory. You've got uh, you've got Cantlay and Burns, Hughes and Homa. I heard Homa has been just looking phenomenal down there in Austin. Kuchar against Day and Poston against Scotty. With that being said, uh, break it down for us. Who you have in your final four? Who do you have winning the Dell Technologies Bracket Challenge? It, it should be noted that if you go back a year on this show and two years on this show on Friday night during the Dell match play tournament, yours truly did pick the winner on your show both years, starting with Billy Horschel two years ago and Scotty Scheffler last year. So I'm going to go for the three-peat, Anita. Um, I think Max Homa takes the whole thing down, and he's played phenomenal. Um, I, I had him in one of my brackets going far, and, you know, can Scotty Scheffler win the whole thing again? Of course, Scotty Scheffler has a runner-up and, and a win to his belt in the last two years, and it looked good other than missing a couple of small putts, but but I think this is Max Homa's tournament. Um, he's built for something like this. He's a really good player, a really good approach player, phenomenal on the greens. Uh, he, he, he's been one of the top five players in the world, so I took him pre-tournament, and I, and I doubled down on him this morning, or might have been yesterday morning, to win it all. Um, keep an eye out on Cameron Young, 9-1. to one. He's done very, very well. Jason Day has owned this event, two-time winner at 10-1. to one. Uh, we talked about Billy Ho winning it two years ago. He's 18 to one. Don't sleep on Matt Kuchar, who I took at plus 340 to win his group as the underdog. He's 25 to one. Um, but I'm going to put my money on Max Homa to win the whole thing. As far as matchups tomorrow, Homa's minus 200. That's a little bit high price. But look at Sam Burns as an underdog versus Patrick Cantlay, who's out of group stage for the first time in his career. Going to be Phenomenal to watch the Kuchar Day matchup, two guys who have absolutely owned this tournament. I do think Scheffler takes down Potsdam. And Rory, look out for Rory. He's doing well. And uh, Billy Horschel on an upset potentially over Cameron Young. So who do you have Who do you have Homa facing for the championship? Who do you have coming out of the other oh, bracket? Now, now i got to go look at the bracket. Uh, you have Horschel. Based on- you have Horschel, Young, Tiyama, huh. Putnam, uh, Shoffley, Spawn, Herbert, Rory. I'll go Rory. We'll go Rory versus Homa in the championship. We'll go that route right there. Okay. After and last Homa but not least, before off, we... Homa not... Homa's going to go knock ahead. off Scotty, and then McElroy will... Uh, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put Putnam in there. I think uh, there'll be a Putnam versus Rory. We'll go that way. Uh, before we let you go, uh, the Masters will be here before we know it. Have you gone to the window with anyone as of yet? Oh, God, yes. I think I have nine of them already. <laughs> Anytime I earn a free bet, I throw it on the Masters. Um, I, I like Rory and I like Scotty, but those are two of the favorites. So, you know, that's not exactly uh, throwing out big names there. But um, I have some money on Tony Finau as well. Um, I got him early on. And uh, let's not sleep on 
some of the guys that we have not heard from in many, many months. I did throw some coin on Cameron Smith uh, to win the Masters. I had him last year when he just came up second. Uh, but people forget that the live players are going to be playing in this event. So Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, um, Cam Smith, and, and I, I did throw down Cam Smith. So the ones that, that I've looked at are Rory, Scotty, uh, obviously John Rahm will be there, but um, don't forget about some of those guys like Cam Smith who you have not heard from in many, many months. Uh, by the way, you could get Max Homa to win the Dell Technologies match play at eight eight fifty plus eight fifty right now, so uh, okay. so just FYI, uh, David. Thank you so much. Always great having you on, my friend. Uh, enjoy your weekend and good luck. Thank you, David Behrman, joining us uh, again. Uh, everything we do at ESPN uh, runs through David, especially on the the digital. Uh, platform and uh, and online all right uh, we come back tyler fulgham one of my partners in crime on daily wager join me to talk about the dell match play uh we'll dive into that also um fun segment that we do called reaction or no action that's coming your way this hour and stormy bonantani part of the xfl espn xfl broadcast team joins me to break down the four xfl games we've got two tomorrow one at one o'clock in the afternoon another in the evening and then a sunday afternoon and once you know it we've got a monday night game with two of the best teams in the xfl so some monday night football coming your way this week anita marks with you you're listening to weekend wager here on 98.7 espn you're listening to anita marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Um, I'd rather spend some time talking some NFL. So, Julian, uh, let, let's do that. Um, we'll, we'll hold off on that Dell match play preview uh, that uh, that Tyler and I talked about earlier this week. Um, you, you know, in regard to the NFL, I know we're all kind of like waiting, right? Like anxiously, uh, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? How soon? I, I, I think, you know, everyone that, that I'm texting with and I'm, I'm, I'm calling and I'm having conversation with, um, those that are in the know do believe that this deal is going to take place. It is going to happen. It's just what, what is the holdup? The holdup apparently is the asking price uh, from the green Bay Packers. And I talked about this last week on my program and we had a number of people who called in who disagreed with me, but you know, because Aaron Rodgers waited so long to decide whether or not he was going to play or not really put the jets in my, and, and again, this is just my two cents, my opinion in, in a pretty bad situation because there's no plan B. If, if unless you want to consider Carson Wentz a plan B, um, I don't. This team is not in any way, shape, or form uh, in, in a position to offer the Baltimore Ravens two first-round picks and have the, the cap space and the room to pay uh, Lamar Jackson what he's asking for. So Lamar Jackson is out of the out of, out of the the question. Um. You know, it's it's evident they certainly don't want to go back to Zach Wilson. So, and and the Green Bay Packers know this, and the Green Bay Packers they're they're not in a situation they're they're they they're happy to move on to uh, Jordan Love. That's what they want to do. So, they're they're really holding all the cards here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, the over under, by the way, in regard to wins for the Jets is nine and a half. Nine and a half. I, again, I do believe it, this deal is done. I, I think I think the Jets have to get this deal done. They're probably holding off and still wanting to negotiate, and, and I'm sure as we get closer to the draft, things will heat up if, if it doesn't happen even before then. But I do believe it does happen. Especially now, Lajay Moore was, was traded, so the Jets get a number two. So now that, you know, would, would the Green Bay Packers accept two twos as opposed to a one? I, I don't know. Are they going to use that two to trade up and get another a, a number another one and then use that other one to trade with the Green Bay Packers? That's a possibility. They added uh, Miko Hardman. There's a lot of talk and speculation that Odebaka Jr. might come here. I know Ezekiel Elliott has the Jets as uh, one of its three landing sp- spots. Um, I want to say they're the ones with Cincinnati and, and the Philadelphia Eagles. This offense could be really explosive, and we know how, how good this defense is. I looked at their schedule. So outside of playing their own division twice, of course, which we know, they play the NFC East, okay? Uh, they play the AFC West, and then the other three games outside of those three divisions uh, the Texans, Atlanta, and Cleveland. And and I'm not sold on Cleveland, by the way, with Deshaun Watson. I'm just not. So right there, I'm looking at 3-0, and possibly 2-1, and okay? Um, uh, so I, I, would ju- I would jump on this over right now because, I, I again, I, I do believe that the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers. And if they do, 
along with a lot of these other pieces, uh, I think it's going to be, I think, I think for sure they win 10 games, especially in this division. Right. So, uh, some other news out there, uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud had their pro days on Wednesday and Thursday. Both of them did exceptionally well, but again, it's, it's, it's a pro day, right? You're out there and you're like, you know, shorts and you're throwing the ball and everything has been scripted and how much do you want to put into it? But CJ Stroud is now favored to be the number one overall pick minus 300. Bryce Young is plus 225. Anthony Richardson is plus 750. And Will Levis is 35 to one. A number of these scouts that I've spoken to said that Will Levis has the most, is the highest ceiling um, of, of all these guys which I find interesting, and he's 35-1. to 1. Which, uh, by the way, I, I, think, I think Will Anderson is the best player in this, in this draft, and I think it's crazy that he's not going number one overall. But this is the way that, that the NFL draft works when it comes to quarterbacks and teams that are in very much need of one. So we'll see how that all plays out. As we get closer to the draft, you know me. Uh, I'm all about it, and I'll be gambling on each and every pick, which makes it all that much more fun. All right, uh, quick break. Uh, we come back. Uh, we will hear from Tyler Fulgham. Him and I have some fun with a segment called Reaction or No Action. And Stormy Bonantan is going to join me to talk some XFL, getting you ready for four XFL games coming your way Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. We can wager. We'll be right back right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And here we go. Let's start off with San Diego State going up against Alabama. Alabama, one of those few one seeds still alive in the tournament. Will San Diego State beat them outright? You can get that at plus seven and a half on the money line, plus 285. Reaction or no action? I'll admit, Anita, it's attractive on the money line, uh, but I say no action. I think Alabama. Obviously, we know they're the top seed in that region, top seed overall in the tournament. I think they are a team that can get past San Diego State. The Mountain West traditionally hasn't fared well in the tournament. And outside of San Diego State, that was the case this year. I do think the Aztecs are a good program. I do think they have a puncher's chance at knocking off Alabama. But ultimately, I think whether if we're taking the spread out of this, I think Alabama does win in advance. So no action on the Aztecs in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I'm going reaction here. If there's one thing that we've seen, I'd say in the last decade with this big dance, right, is is just upsets left and right. Uh, the parody this season in college basketball has been unbelievable and a big reason why I think this has been one of the, the most fun and exciting tournaments we've seen in a, in a long time, right? Like FDU, Princeton, Princeton's still alive. How far can they go? Uh, this is a, a San Diego State team, two very good defenses. They force turnovers. Um, both of them are excellent at the free throw line. And, and San Diego State has a pretty good perimeter defense. They only allow opponents 29% from behind the arc. And that is the wheelhouse for Alabama and how they like to score their points. So for me, reaction. Question number two, the 76ers win the Atlantic. Now the Celtics are favored at minus 240. 76ers you can get it two to one reaction or no action I really wish they would have taken care of the Chicago Bulls in double overtime last night but I will say reaction 
I think Philadelphia is just a better basketball team than Boston. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP favorite. That's why he is now the betting favorite in that market. James Harden has rediscovered a lot of that offensive efficiency that he had prior to coming to Brooklyn and Philadelphia when he was at his peak powers in Houston. He's getting to the free throw line a lot. A lot. He's knocking down his threes. He's creating leads the entire NBA and assists this season. They have those complimentary pieces around Embiid and Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, guys that can come off the bench. I think Embiid will ultimately lead them to a uh, a, a division crown over the Boston Celtics. Uh, reaction for me, I think they're the better team, and I think ultimately they end up with a better record. Lockstep right here with you, Boo. I'm going reaction as well. Um, they're only a half game back the Boston Celtics. Dare I say Embiid, Harden, and Maxi could potentially be a big three. I don't think Maxi gets enough respect <laughs> to be quite frank. Uh, let's talk about momentum. This is a 76ers team. They had one eight straight before, of course, the unfortunate loss to the, the Bulls their last game. Uh, they take on the Bulls again. I think they get back on, on the winning track. Um, it's hard to, to beat a team, especially as good as the 76ers, uh, twice in a row. Strength of schedule, I checked that out. The 76ers have the the easiest strength of schedule for the remaining games in the regular season. Uh, and Boston has uh, the is is 11 notches down. So 11 harder, 11 harder games. I don't, I don't, uh, anyway, all right, let's go. Let's go to question three. It's reaction for me, Tyler. Let's go to question number three. And that is Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions. Uh, wins coach of the year this season in the NFL. And currently those odds are 10 to one reaction or no action. I'm no action here. I know Dan Campbell is everyone's lovable meathead coach who, you know, obviously the lions like playing for him. Um, but I'm not sure that the lions are going to be this team that makes this massive leap like everyone is projecting. They obviously made a leap last year, but there are other teams around the National Football League, other head coaches around the National Football League that I would rather bet on, especially now that he's priced as a favorite at 10 to 1. I'm going to say no action, and I'll look elsewhere around the league for a team to jump from bottom of their division in 2022 to a playoff team in 2023. So I love Campbell. Did a good job last year, but this is a no action for me, Anita. I'm going reaction. I'm 3-0 and with reaction. I'm spending all kinds <laughs> of money uh, today, Tyler, uh, for, for a few reasons, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, at least we're expecting that deal to go down with the Jets. He's gone. I don't know about you, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins don't really scare me. I know a lot of people are loving the Chicago Bears this coming season. Justin Fields, to me, until I can see him actually throw a football consistently and accurately and be able to use his arm as well as he uses his legs, nope, not for me either. Um, this is a team that was 1-6 to start the season. Dan Campbell turned that around. Yes, they lost Jamal Williams, but they added David Montgomery with a one-two punch in the backfield with Swift. Now, there are some other coaches out there that I think are going to be in the running. Robert Sala, of course, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Um, Sean Payton, and I do believe he can turn things around in Denver. But at 10-1, to 1, yeah, I'm playing it. I'm playing it. I'm playing it right now. I think the Lions win the division. And so, yeah, absolutely, I'm playing it. All right, let's turn our attention, Tyler, from the pigskin to the Lynx. 
Uh, coming up tomorrow, mind you, it starts tomorrow, is the Dell Technologies Championship. Now, keep in mind, this is match play, and a lot of times, this is great. They love to, to, to have host this tournament around March Madness. So if, you, if you're out of your bracket and you're done, you've torn it up, it's in the garbage, no worries. You have a bracket <laughs> for golf, and it starts tomorrow. Uh, this is taking place at the Austin Country Club in Texas. Five days, 64 golfers, 16 groups of four. They play each other. And, of course, the top 16 in each group advances into the weekend. So you're talking about seven matches in five days. Okay, so being healthy and fresh is really, really important. This is a Pete Dye course, Parkland style. It's not very long. They've got five par fours that are anywhere between 400 yards. Definitely have to putt well. Um, and, you, and obviously really good in match play for format because it, it takes a certain mindset in order to win. With that being said, Tyler, what are your what are your par threes? What are your three best bets heading into tomorrow's tournament? All right, let's start with a matchup that we'll see early in the tournament uh, in group play, and that is Jason Day over Adam Spinson. I got the Aussie over the Canadian. Spinson's had a really good season. He's not going to be an easy out for Jason Day, but Day is a significant favorite for a reason. He's been playing some of the most consistent golf in the world. Hasn't gotten back into the winner's circle yet, but Anita wouldn't surprise me if it happened at this event or a major or a big high-profile event. So a group play match bet. I like Jason Day over Adam Spinson. One of the players I like to make it out of group play is Keegan Bradley, the American. He's in a group with Rory McIlroy, who's the prohibitive favorite. But Keegs is a really good match play golfer. He has that experience on the Ryder Cup, on President's Cups. He's a tremendous ball striker. And if the putts are dropping, then he's really hard to beat in match play. The putting hurts more in stroke play. But if you can just get those pars sometime to beat a bogey of your opponent, I look at the way Rory's playing, and he's been up and down this season after a really hot start. I think Keeg's been a little more consistent at the price of plus 310. I'll take Keeg to come out of his group. And then I'm going to throw a dart at a winning player, and that's Max Homa. His price has been plummeting because I think he's popular for a lot of people coming into this tournament. Homa has no weaknesses in his game. He's a good driver of the ball. He's a good, great ball striker, good short game, really good putter. And he relishes these moments, these type of environments that are going to be pressure packed with match play. So shop around and see if you can get a price that's a little bit better than I think now 16 to 1, 20 to 1 at Caesars. But Max Homa's a guy I really think is built for match play, Anita. One thing we've learned, right, in, in, in March Madness is anything could happen. So the bets I'm making are ones of guys that I think are going to make it out of uh, their division, right, their group. I feel that those are, are the most uh, safe bets we can make right now. So I've got three for you. One is Tony Finau getting out of his group, and you get that at plus 150. I think he gets a very favorable draw. Get to Yama, Bez, Morocco. He, th that's part of his draw. I think that he can beat all of them handedly. He can grip it and rip it. And as we said, this is a short course. So his length is going to be huge. I like Hoagie to get out of his group. That's group six. And you get that at plus 240. Um, Shockley is in that group. And, I, and he's favored. Let's be honest, Tyler. His game has not been on point this season. Also, Weiss and Cam Davis are in that group. I just love the way that Hoagie's been playing. I think getting him at plus 240 is some really, really, really good odds. And last but not least, Sanjay M to get out of group 16 at plus 190. Now, M doesn't necessarily thrive in match play, but in looking at his matchups, 
Fleetwood is in this matchup, and we saw Fleetwood go the distance at Valspar last week. And again, <laughs> you're talking about seven matches in five days. You're going to need fresh legs. Don't think Fleetwood fixed, uh, <laughs> checked that box. And also going up against Poston and McNeely. So Sanjay M, Hoagie, and Finau to get out of their groups. That's how I'm rolling with uh, the Dell match play. No, I agree. And that's very similar to what I told you guys last week about Orlando taking on Vegas and how many points it was. Just in this league, it just feels like too many. So I certainly cannot flack you for making that bet. I will say I'm a little sad for Orlando already that in a four-team division, if or when they were to lose this game, they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already, which is kind of a, a wild thing to even think about. But I like that play for you. What my bet was in this game was I ended up rolling with the over. Um, Seattle put 21 points up on Houston last Thursday night, and that's a defense that's good. Like I feel like that number could be child's play compared to how many they could score against this Orlando defense. They've just been so rough on average, allowing, I think, just over 30 points per game. Their point differential is minus 71 through five games. It's just been really tough. And, and like, Seattle, we know they can move the ball. Um, first in the league in pass attempts, completion, yards, first downs, all the things. Second in the league in rushing yards. So I feel like Seattle's offense is going to be able to do work against Orlando's defense. But Orlando's offense ain't no slouch, which is why I like you taking the points on, on that side of things because – Danucci turns the ball over like crazy. And so if Orlando's able to take advantage of some of those possessions with Quentin Dormady, who showed up in a big way against Vegas, like I, I know we were all a little bit surprised to see him in there, but 22 of 25, 256 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I really feel like if both of those offenses are doing what they need to do, it could be a pretty high scoring affair. Yeah. And for weeks now, I've just been saying Orlando, the worst team in the XFL. But again, I just feel like nine and a half points. Here's the thing, Stormy. I think this might go up to 10 before kickoff on Saturday at one o'clock. Only time will tell. So um, listen, I've already gone to the window with this. Um, I recommend people do as well. But don't be surprised if it goes up to 10 before kickoff. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Another Saturday game. It's an evening game, seven o'clock. The St. Louis Battlehawks take on the Vegas Vipers. In my power rankings, I know you and I have talked about my power rankings, quote unquote, a few times. <laughs> now I have St. Louis uh, jumping ahead of the Roughnecks. Roughnecks lost last week. The Battlehawks, again, I feel have one of the best quarterbacks in A.J. McCarron. Uh, they're favored by three on the road in Vegas. Vegas, as we know, and you know this better than I because you've been there, you've been on the sideline, just no home field advantage at all. They've got a lot of offensive challenges. I'm on the St. Louis Battlehawks side. How do you see this game playing out? I went back and forth on this game. Um, I'm I'm not sure anything's going to get in the account, but if you gave me free money and said I had to make a bet, I would lay the three with St. Louis um, as well. I just... I'm not sure. I I might get there. I'm just not 100% sure yet. St. Louis, like you said, with AJ McCarron, he is one of the better quarterbacks in this league. They have a way of like always making it a game, but I'm still just not fully sold that they're a solid enough team yet because for all of the times that we've seen them find ways to win and be competitive, they're, they've got a lot of holes as well. Um, And this is a Vegas team that 
should be better than their record in my mind. And maybe I'm like off base here, but for a team that's plus two in turnover differential, which is better than half the teams in the league, and with all of the talent they have, it's like mind-boggling to me that they haven't been able to be better. Their defense legitimately can't stop anybody. And we did see Luis Perez have a really good outing this past week. I Yeah, like I said, I went back and forth on it, but if you forced my hand, I would take St. Louis. Um, I Two of my favorite players in the league are Hakeem Butler and Brian Hill, and if they're able to work Vegas's defense, I mean, um, yeah, Vegas's defense like some other teams have offensively, then, then I think it's St. Louis's to lose. And we've got another one on Sunday, um, and this is a 3 o'clock Eastern time game. San Antonio, the Brahmas, uh, going up against the Arlington Renegades. My play here is the under, right? These two teams played again, uh, or I should say played last week. So they're playing again this week, 22 total points. Uh, both of them struggle offensively. Um, San, San Antonio is getting some quarterback injuries. They do have a new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to take a minute for him to kind of gel. But both these teams play solid defense. So I like the under here at 33. What say you? Yeah. So that total, is that not so jarring? It's like Army-Navy, right? (laughs) It's always a sweat to bet the under, but in that game, how often does it cash, right? So I certainly cannot flack you on the bet. What I'm kind of hoping for is a live betting opportunity. Like I would really, really love if we could get a score on the board early and have that total tick up so you can buy back on the under. That might be my strategy just so like on principle, I don't feel so silly betting an under 33 or an under 32 and a half and then having something obnoxious happening in this league where you get a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown or a crazy special teams (laughs) play out of nowhere that gets you over when it shouldn't but you're dead on because this should totally be just a rematch rock fight of what we saw last week maybe I'm a glutton for punishment here because I laid the points with the Brahmas last week and I lost I still like them here and getting three they grade out as a better team on PFF yes we have PFF grades by the way in the XFL let's go um but (laughs) said that they're a team that's hungry for payback Yes, technically they're on the road, but in name only, Arlington is literally the home game for every team in the league. It's the only time they don't have to travel or go anywhere. Um, So I think it's kind of a flip a coin type of a game. And in a coin flip game, taking the points, I'm not mad at. I hear you. And then last but not least, we've got the game of the week. At least I think it is. Big reason why I think it's on Monday night. And that is 7 o'clock Eastern time. And that is the Houston Roughnecks going up against the D.C. Defenders last week. Roughnecks were my number one. DC was my number two in regard to my power rankings. This week, DC now is number one. Why? They're 5-0. and I think arguably best team in this league. 35,000 fans hit their stadium each and every week. Good offensive line. Their running back is setting records. Uh, won't be surprised if he's playing in the NFL next year. They're undefeated at their field. And you go back to, of course, when this league started pre-COVID, 6-0. and Meanwhile, this Houston Roughnecks team, I don't know, did they take Seattle lightly? They lost 21-14, to and their next two games are going to be pretty tough. D.C. this week, St. Louis next week. We'll see really just how good this Houston team is. But with that being said, this is a uh, D.C. Defenders team. They're laying two and a half at home. The over-under is 42. Is this the game that you're going to be at, Stormy? 
It is. And I am mm-hmm. so dang excited about it on Monday night. It's going to be so fun. Um, and it is. It's the game of the week. It's the the teams that are 5-0 and straight up and against the spread versus a team that's 4-1 and straight up and against the spread. So um, it's going to be an awesome game, an awesome environment. The beer snake is going to be in full force in Section 136 and 137. It's going to be electric, and I can't wait. As for on the field, I have covered D.C., Anita, four of the five weeks to start this season. So I am extremely familiar with this squad and it breaks my heart because I cannot and do not bet games that I cover. And I know. boy, have they been cow and have they been fun and have I, have I wanted to in moments? They're so good. They are the best team in the league to me. They do something with the quarterback run game that nobody else in the league can do with Jordan Ta'amu and Derek King. And you mentioned um, their running back, Abram Smith, who was so dynamic last week, put up over 200 yards and three touchdowns. And he was their first pick in the draft this year. And somebody that, that um, offensive coordinator Fred Tice kind of fought for to take in that pick, and they have been so grateful that they did. That's going to be a tough test for this Houston defense. So can Wade Phillips and Brian Stewart um, get something dialed up to slow down that defender's run game? As a team, they are the best in the league by a mile on the ground. They're 870 rushing yards, 404 more than the next best team. Could you make an argument for Houston on a bounce back type of a game, extra time to prepare coming off the Thursday night appearance with Seattle? Absolutely. I do think they got a little bit of a reality check last week, but I also think offensively not having John Trey Kirkland, he got hurt like the third play of the game against Seattle. He's their do it all wide receiver, the first and only player to execute the double pass for a touchdown. Um, He did that in the game against Orlando. He's extremely dynamic and kind of a Swiss army nice player for them. And he was injured. So to what extent can Justin Smith and Travell Harris and company elevate their game to continue to have that, what they call the Mike Leach offense. It's kind of like a combo air raid run and shoot. Um, But can they continue to have that extra element that they've had without him? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it's competitive. I hope it's down to the wire, but DC is the better team for me. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.